Hi, I'm Nicole Birkholzer of Mindful Connections. I believe it is time for us to revolutionize the profession of equine-assisted therapies. Big statement. Here's why. Most programs I work with have at least one therapy horse that came in all seemingly happy into the program and then after a few months lost his zest for the work. I also see a lot of horses that all of a sudden, when they are approached by a volunteer, start pinning their ears. And many centers actually have horses that out of the blue, seemingly, stopped going into the indoor. As the former director of a therapeutic riding center, as an advanced instructor and as a horse advocate, I know there is always a reason for our horses to all of a sudden develop undesired behavior. And if we don't get to the root of that behavior, what usually happens is the behavior gets worse or the horse develops another behavior that's equally unwanted. And just like it is true for us humans, the horse's behavior is usually based on a physical, emotional or spiritual pain. Your therapy horse could have a toothache, grieve the loss of a herdmate, um, it doesn't have maybe enough or too much stimulation or has not given the opportunity to really live out its purpose. And just like us humans, a horse doesn't enjoy being in pain, physically, mentally, emotionally, and would actually rather be well. And since we are the ones who placed the horse in this domestic setting, I feel we are responsible in figuring out what's going on so our horse can be well again. So if a horse displays a new behavior we don't understand and it interrupts the lesson, it is up to us to find the reason and then remedy the situation to the best of our abilities, right? So to understand the therapy horse better, I want to take a broader view for a minute. Horses have been in service to humankind for like the last six, <laughs> 6,000 years. So alongside us, they worked the fields and built the roads, they fought our wars, and they're actually still feeding our gambling nature, right? And now, they have the hardest job yet. They offer us physical and emotional support as therapy horses. However, I think therapy horses have the hardest job of all, because the amount of stimuli that a therapy horse is exposed to and confronted with on a daily basis is beyond any of the other horses ever experienced. On an average day, therapy horses are handled by at least 10 people and each of those people brings in their own history and energy to the horse, right? And secondly, therapeutic riding horses also often carry unbalanced and very unpredictable riders while surrounded by three people, often at least, and then during lessons, they're required to patiently um, go through the motions, aka walk around in circles, navigating around their herd mates. So for a therapy horse, that is actually quite overwhelming and mentally not stimulating. And lastly, and this might be the biggest point of all, generally, therapy horses don't have a person. For a horse, a herd animal, 
that is challenging. Each of the hardworking horses I mentioned before had one thing in common. They have a person, right? The farmer who greets the horse every morning and goes about their workday. The soldier who builds a partnership and then cares to keep the horse out of harm's way. And even the racehorse at the track has a trainer who cares for him so that he actually has a chance to win. But the therapy horse doesn't have a person. He has 10 or more coming and going. That said, most therapeutic riding horses had a person before they came to the program, right? Usually they were given to you because the person was ready to go to college and didn't have the time anymore, or the rider was advancing faster than the horse could keep up with. And so suddenly, the horse at least experiences it that way. Um, the horse is at a new program, at a new place. His person is nowhere in sight, and he's thrown basically into a brand new world. So and now, as a therapy horse, the horse is, dare I say, fire-hosed with a new job and the energies of unfamiliar people and unfamiliar horses. And often the structure of the program provides very little opportunity for the horse to express itself and share his personality like he was used to with his person. So the therapy horse fends for himself and copes as much as he can, absorbs and holds the tension of stress and everything that he experiences from his surrounding until he simply can't hold it no more. And at that point, he starts nipping in the mounting block or stops at the arena door, not willing to enter the battlefield of energies. He threatens to kick when the girth gets tightened in a rush because he doesn't know to express himself any other way. And I see it all the time. Instructors and volunteers are just not sure how to help him. So what if we have to actually revisit how we conduct ourselves and how we conduct our work in the equine therapy field? What if we have to put service first and business second? What if we are in service to our horses, the core of our business first and second in service to our clients? Because if we don't have a well horse, we don't even have a service to offer to our clients. If we revisit how we look at ourselves and our work in the equine therapy field, then we can actually choose to be a partner for our therapy horse. Like the farmer who greets him every morning with an open mind and heart to take on the day's job. Like the soldier who stands by his steed, protecting him from harm. Like the trainer who cares for his horse, like the prized possession he is for him. We can become a partner for our trusted equine co-facilitator, become his grounding rod and his spokesperson. At least for me this is true. Usually we are drawn to this work because we feel elated and honored to work with horses. And then the business mind takes over with the schedules and the goals and the pressures and everything that has nothing to do with the core of our work and why we wanted to be in this work so badly. And that's why I feel we must revolutionize the industry. 
We must reconnect to our original intention and ask how can we be there for our therapy horse and support him so he maintains his zest and joy for this work. Not just for a day or week or a month, but for the length of his career. How can we help our new therapy horses to transition into the new job with ease? And how can we support the therapy horses that are already shown signs of overwhelm through these undesired? If you are ready to change your way with your therapy horse, if your mind and heart are open to connecting with your therapy horse in a deeply meaningful way, I can teach you and your staff how to meet your therapy horse in the now. How you can see the world through your therapy horse's eyes and learn how you can change your routines and your own behaviors so you can honor him as your partner and co-facilitator the way he deserves. How to get started? It's easy. Host my Meet Your Horse in the Now educational series at your center and give your staff and volunteers a chance to build a mindful and meaningful partnership with the equine co-facilitators. And if you have a horse in dire straits already, book a phone consultation with me and let's explore your horse's point of view and find a solution to remedy that situation and give your horse a chance to be happy again. And if you have several unhappy horses at your center, I can come for an on-site farm visit and evaluate and help you understand and learn how you can better support your horses. I will look at you know, individual horse personalities and herd dynamics and environmental stimuli and other important factors that can all affect your horse and then leave you with a comprehensive plan on how you can mindfully support your horses from here on forward. So, thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to be in touch. Right down here is the information. It's easy, I'm here. Can't wait to mindfully connect.